0: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good
1: morning. I'm yeah. here.
0: With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Deacon Mark Campbell. Yeah! Mark Amadeo. Ooh, yeah! And Deacon Tony Valdez.
2: Good morning, and thank you for welcoming us into your live today. It's the Catholic Morning Show on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Deacon Mark Campbell in the host chair today for John Leonetti. He is, I believe, down in St. Louis at a Eucharistic Congress, so he'll be out uh, today and tomorrow. We'll look forward to his return on Thursday. Uh, grateful to be with you. I've been uh, out for a couple of days, took a little trip with the family up to North Dakota, and it was a, just a great visit for us up there. So we're, but I'm happy to be back and with you this morning. So thanks for allowing me to be a part of your life today. We're going to have, uh, Sean McAfee, uh, in the first half hour, he's a convert to the Catholic faith. He is the founder and editor of EpicPew.com. If you're familiar with that, he's also written in a a number of other Catholic publications, but he's an author and his newest book, which is set to be released here, I think in about a week is the compendium of sacramentals. And I think it'll be interesting to discover the differences between, you know, the three groups of sacramentals, blessings, exorcisms, and pious devotions, you know, some of the history. And I think coming from a convert's perspective, I always find that they're, uh, you know, what they reveal to be just fascinating, because as someone born and raised Catholic, there's many things I have taken uh, for granted or not fully understood. It just is it, part of the way of life, and and so we'll look forward to that conversation with Sean McAfee. Then in the second half hour, Mary Beth Bracy. Mary Beth is a consecrated virgin for the in the Diocese of Og- Ogden'sburg, New York. She is a writer, and she is also a spokesperson for the book, I Believe in Love, which I know some of you are familiar with. It's a classic book about St. Therese of the Sioux, and uh, it's written in a uh, retreat-type format. Uh, But she's also the author of some other books, uh, Behold the Lamb, Bread of Life, and The Little Way of Healing, Love Through the Passion of Jesus. We'll have Mark Amadeo with a scoreboard update. We'll have uh, weather and a good news story of the day, and we'll highlight a community in the Iowa Catholic Radio listening area. But Right now, let's go to Deacon Tony to start our show with prayer.
3: God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Deacon Tony. We uh, would normally go to our good news story of the day, but it looks like I forgot to print that off or at least forgot to put it in my notes. So we're going to actually go to our community spotlight first today. So go and hit me with the the lead in there, Brady. We were going to I was going to highlight or am going to highlight the community of Audubon, Iowa. Audubon is uh, located in Audubon County, and it is a part of the Des Moines Diocese, where they also have St. Patrick's Catholic Church. Their pastor, Father David Nkrumah, if I'm I'm pretty sure I'm saying that correctly, but feel free to call in and let me know if I I butchered Father's name. Uh, He also serves Holy Trinity Parish in Exira. Audubon is home to Albert the Bull, a 30-foot-tall and 33-foot-long mostly concrete landmark that is both a symbol of the area's cattle raising past as well as a beacon for the future generations of farmers. The Audubon Junior Chamber of Commerce came up with the idea and raised the initial $30,000 uh, $30, for the project. And the bull was officially dedicated during Audubon's annual T-Bone Festival on October 21st, 1964. Albert has made appearances in movies such as Beethoven's Third and the Twilight series, he was also mentioned in the TV show, The West Wing, and was an answer to a question on the popular game show, Jeopardy. So if you are listening in Audubon, and you are you would be on the uh, on our 1150 AM signal on the western edges of that, of course, you could also tune in out there on our uh, radio app, Iowa Catholic Radio app, or online. Uh, you could also be somebody that's in the Des Moines area or one of our other listening areas who originally is from Audubon, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, shoot us an email at uh, contact at iowacatholicradio.com. You can also call 515-223-1150. Uh, and you can also text that, that same number, 515-223-1150. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. Um, but we want to just say thank you for uh, tuning in wherever you are this day. So let's go to Mark Amadeo now with a scoreboard update.
4: In sports on your Tuesday morning, last night, NFL Monday Night Football, the end of week number nine in the NFL, had the Los Angeles Chargers defeating the New York Jets by the score of 27-6 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Both teams now with records of 4-4. Four and four. And last night, men's college basketball was the season opener for the Iowa State men as they defeated Green Bay Phoenix by the score of 85-44 at Hilton Coliseum in a big 12-9 conference game tonight in men's basketball the season opener for iowa and northern iowa men in big 10 non-conference play tonight north dakota fighting hawks take on the iowa hawkeyes they'll tip off at seven o'clock at carver hawkeye arena in iowa city that game will be televised on big 10 plus Plus. and in missouri valley conference non-conference play tonight northern iowa panthers will be at the north texas mean green they'll tip off at seven o'clock in denton texas The Drake men open up their season on Wednesday night as they will be at home against Liscomb with tip-off at 7 o'clock at the Knapp Center in Des Moines. And with your Tuesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show,
2: I'm Mark Amadale. Thank you, Mark. And today's weather is brought to you by... Laser Home Services, Catholic-owned and operated, offering electrical, plumbing, heating, and cooling services in central Iowa since 2001. You can learn more at laserhomeservices.com. Today, we're going to have partly sunny skies with a high near 60. Going to be breezy as well. And those, uh, that breeze will continue through the overnight. It will be mostly cloudy with a low around 48. Tomorrow, Wednesday, partly sunny with a high near 60. Uh, and the winds switching up a little bit, but remaining a little bit gusty throughout the day. Currently around the, Des Moines, around the area, Des Moines is at mostly cloudy and 40 degrees. Marshalltown, mostly cloudy and 37. In Oskaloosa, mostly cloudy and 40. And in Audubon, mostly cloudy and 40 degrees. That is your Iowa Catholic Radio Network forecast. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we had a great trip up to, to North Dakota, and we had mostly cloudy skies throughout the whole uh, whole, whole time up there. So it was great to uh, wake up to some more clear skies this morning. see a little bit of sunshine. It was uh, very good. But uh, among things coming up uh, that Iowa Catholic Radio is proud to uh, promote, as you know, this weekend, uh, Spiritual Warfare in You with Jeanette Williams and Barbara Heil. You know, this event is, uh, we've been talking about it for a long time, and uh, it's, it's finally, uh, we're, we're the week of, so we're, there's still opportunities for you to register and, and attend the event. It'll be at St. Francis of Assisi this saturday and we will also be having our dinner in december coming up with dr david anders and this is a a, a great event that we have every year uh just where we come together and just really celebrate and give thanks for uh, the year that has been and you know looking uh, also looking ahead to the future of, of catholic radio uh so we like to invite people that you can purchase a table or you can purchase individual tickets But this is if you can, folks, I want to encourage you to think about going online and and purchasing a table table will be five hundred dollars. It's a table will seat eight uh, because we're going to be talking really not only about where we uh, have been. I mean, as as many of you know, we've accomplished a lot this year. We've made uh, made some waves in the the radio world um, with the purchase of a couple of radio towers. And we're going to be talking about that, uh, but also talking about how we're going to continue to try to bring the light of the gospel through Catholic radio and this will be you know be a little bit of an unveiling if you will of of some real concrete plans that we have in place to continue to grow the Iowa Catholic Radio Network across the state of Iowa of course we you know one of the things that uh, was talked about down at the Iowa Catholic or the EWTN radio conference down in, in Alabama last month is i believe there was five stations in in the state of Iowa that were recognized as EWTN affiliate affiliates and their longevity. Uh, a couple of them, I think, have been on the air as, as many as twenty years in the state of Iowa. One of those is our, our friends up in Marshalltown. Uh, they they were recognized for for their longevity and, and bringing Catholic radio to that community up there. And we're grateful to have them part of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. But you know, it, it, there's not. It's not about competition uh, in the Catholic radio world. It, it, it's about you know getting the word out to in many places as possible. You know, if there's two, three, four places on a dial, as people pass through a a certain part of the state or or certain part of the community, it, there's no problem with, uh, I'd say the more opportunities people have a a chance to encounter Catholic radio, the better. And so that's what we want to do is, is try to provide as much access as possible uh, to, to people to be able to tune in and hear the great programming that EWTN and Ave Maria. And of course the, the uh, programming that we do right here, of course, Catholic Morning Show, I'd like to think we're among that great programming that we're able to provide. But shows like Catholic Women Now and, and you know, the the Bishop Show is, is is very popular with people. It gives them a direct kind of a connection into you really get even though the bishop is interviewing uh, different people, you really get an insight to his personality and his spirituality and uh, and just what a, what a holy man he is and how blessed the Des Moines Diocese is, is to have him. And we hope to continue to build those relationships with uh, the other bishops around the state, and, and give you uh, give you some access to them as well. But that's all a part of uh, you know future plans, and we're going to like I say, be talking about that a lot at the dinner in December. That will be on December eighth, and that's a Friday, and it is a holy day. There will be mass at the cathedral downtown at five p.m. and. Then we will head over to the embassy suites there in downtown, just uh, just not far, just a couple of minutes away from from the cathedral there. And we'll have a cocktail hour at six, a dinner at seven and a program at eight. And then we try to wrap up promptly by nine o'clock. Um, but it, we can't I can't think of a better way for us to spend a holy day of obligation with um, but with those who support Catholic radio and maybe those who want to learn more. Uh, so again, if you can buy a table, it would be great. And, and then we would encourage you to invite some people that maybe are less familiar with Catholic radio, uh, you know, treat them, you look at it as maybe an early Christmas gift, treat them to a, a you know, a nice dinner that we'll have that evening and, and just some great fellowship among people who love and support Catholic radio. The time is seven eleven. It is Tuesday, the, the 7th of November. It is voting day and it'd be a good idea for you to, uh, just double check your local ballots before you you know and see exactly what you're going to be voting on before you run over there. But make sure you do vote. Um, I know my wife and I spent uh, considerable time on our drive back yesterday, pouring over the um, our district and looking at the school board and different because uh, there's seven candidates up for four seats, and uh, you know tried to learn as much as we could about each one and try to decide which one would help shape the uh, even though we homeschool our children, our tax dollars are, are put to work. And so we want to know, uh, you know, exactly who those people are and, and where they stand on certain issues uh, as it relates to education and and those types of things. So uh, get to your local polling place today and cast your vote because uh, it's uh, you can't complain if you don't. That's that's was a way I was always taught. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back. I'm going to talk with Sean McAfee. Uh, the founder and editor of EpicPew.com, and we're going to talk about his book, Compendium of Sacramentals. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell filling in for John Leonetti. You're listening to The Catholic Morning Show.
4: You're listening to The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for
3: Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving Central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com.
1: Calling all ladies to Spiritual Warfare featuring Janet Williams in person from EWTN's Women of Grace. Saturday, November 11th at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in West Des Moines. The day includes three talks, Holy Mass, Rosary, Continental Breakfast, and a special opportunity for prayer requests. Ticket prices start at $30. Visit iowacatholicradio.com for more information. And don't miss Spiritual Warfare with Janet Williams and Iowa Catholic Radio.
5: Connecting listeners to Christ.
1: Support for programming comes from Vitae Family Care, welcoming new patients to their expanded clinic. Doctors
2: Gregory McKernan and Ben Schwab provide personalized health care for the whole family, respecting the dignity of the whole person through every stage of life. Learn more at VitaeFamilyCare.com. Support
3: for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Skeffington's Formalware. In business since 1951, with locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Coralville, and Ankeny. Skeffington's Formalware, fitting you for life celebrations. Online at Skeffington's.com. Support
0: for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Laser Home Services. Catholic owned and operated, Laser Home Services have been providing Central Iowa with electric, plumbing, heating, and cooling
4: services since 2001. Learn more at laserhomeservices.com. The
2: Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Catholic Morning Show. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell in the host chair for John Leonetti today. We'll get to that good news story in the second half hour. I apologize in my uh, in my, uh, you know, coming back off of a a, a long extended long weekend and preparing the show uh, to host uh, on my own this morning. Overlooked that little detail. But uh, I think you're going to enjoy that story. Uh, We've got an early sneak peek at our community of the day in uh, Audubon, Iowa. But right now we're going to go to our next uh, guest. And I look forward to this conversation because this is a topic that I uh, I find fascinating uh, as a as a lifelong Catholic, um, but we're going gonna to get uh, Mister Sean McPhee's uh, perspective on the uh, on sacramentals. Good morning, Sean. Welcome to the Catholic Morning Show.
0: Hey, good morning, Deacon, and good morning, Iowa.
2: Yeah, I know you've been on the show before. Uh, at least I'm fairly confident you have, because many of your your book titles are familiar to me. Uh, so, welcome back. I guess would be uh, is that the right the right greeting?
0: Yeah, you took an extended weekend, and I took an extended break from writing. So this is the first book I've been able to push for a while in the media.
2: Oh, very good, very good. And, uh, and I think as I was looking back on your history, you spent some time up in North Dakota, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yep. I went to the University of North Dakota for my undergraduate degree.
2: Yeah, very good. We uh, uh, we were over in Bismarck uh, visiting some family and uh, was on the campus of the University of Mary there a little bit. So oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was beautiful. a long... Yeah, it is beautiful. It, uh, and windy, and windy. <laughs> in, indeed, yes. It, uh, uh, and and it's, a, it's a long drive, about uh, 10 hours from, from Bismarck to uh, Des Moines here. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great weekend away. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, sacramentals and as a convert. When did you first encounter uh, sacramentals, and what initial questions did, you, did it raise in you?
0: Well, that's a funny question, because one of the, I guess one of the misinterpretations that many, even good Catholics, think is there's like, hey, Protestants reject sacramentals, but they have sacramentals of their own. You know, they have crosses, and they have physical objects that, you know, they might not have the intercession of the Church, and they might not believe that they point them to sacraments. Um, as we do, which is the hallmark of sacramentals. But I definitely experienced them whenever I was a Protestant. Just didn't really know it. But I would say easily the first sacramental that caught my eye was the rosary, and it was an object of frustration. You know, of course, because I had all of the you know typical Protestant hurdles to overcome, like you know Mary um, and just you know repetitious prayer. But the the, the rosary stuck out, and still sticks out to me as a wonderful sacramental
2: and what was maybe the uh the the turning point for you on, on that particular sacramental uh in yeah. in adopting it into your own you know spirituality and, and prayer life
0: well it was it was really overcoming those hurdles for me you know just understanding you know really what the bible meant whenever it was talking about uh whenever it was talking about repetitive prayers and vain repetition mm-hmm. whenever i heard on the radio and i would persist to listen to it because i really wanted to be a catholic I would persist to listen to the from Omaha actually in the archdiocese there where I became a Catholic I would I would listen to the Catholic Rosary and it i it was just overcome by faith and mercy um, I had decided to 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 look into the doctrines on Mary the dogmas and you know why do we pray to her as an intercessor, as a co-mediatrix, and and why is she so elevated? And really, I began to fall in love with the with the church through the rosary, through understanding um, the mysteries of of the life of Christ and the involvement of Mary, and how we can imitate. Him by imitating and, and being friends with her. That was really what turned me onto it. I didn't probably realize exactly what the physical sacramental was until until quite a bit later.
2: Yeah. So talk about then. There's you know there's three ty- or three groups of sacramentals. Talk about those a little. The blessings, exorcisms, and, and pious devotions. How how are those broken up or, or defined?
0: Right. So, great question. Again, the Church has uh, many different, I would say, definitions, or theologians through the years have many different definitions. If you look in the old uh, uh, old Catholic Encyclopedia from the 1940s, you'll find nothing similar to English. You'll find Latin words that talk about different prayers or different concepts of uh, spirituality or different physical objects, but Um, The Church, finally, really with uh, the Vatican II, uh, Sacrosanctum, Concilium, uh, of course, the the Sacred Constitution on Divine Liturgy, uh, really gave us a great definition, did break them down into three different uh, triads, I would say. It's, like you said, blessings, exorcisms and physical objects, which could be items of of piety or devotion. So those are things that we're all familiar with, of course, crucifixes. um, You know, they they even go into badges or, um, you know, crosses or rosaries or even holy water. Uh, those those would fall into the first um, objects of piety and devotion. These are things that we're all doing, like praying the entire uh, sacred uh, Sacred Heart um, prayers or, or devotions to the Sacred Heart or the Immaculate Heart of Mary, um, things like that. And of course, things you know, people don't really realize that uh, we actually do actually practice exorcisms quite often, especially during the sacrament of Baptism. Um, and that falls into the that falls into the uh, the definition of or, or within the family of sacramentals too but what all of these have in common this is what the church wants us to know is that through her intercession and approval these objects direct us and dispose us to receive the sacraments more fully and of course more often
2: well and, and I have to imagine this has been a, a a work of love and a work of labor because the uh, the sacramentals in the history that you, you you've dug into is is, is pretty wide and broad. How how long have you been working on this particular book?
0: <laughs> oh man, yes, you're exactly right. This was <laughs> a labor of love. Uh I poured I poured a lot of heart into figuring out like what what are we not what 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 does everybody need to know about sacramentals, and then kind of what are the gee whiz, But really, wh- where is the heart of why we use sacramentals? You know, whenever whenever you think about Catholicism, like what's the, what's the first image that comes to mind? It's not like the pope or a bishop or a priest. It's it's probably one of the sacramentals, probably a crucifix or a rosary. These are very identifiable items, identifiable items of the faith. And I and I kind of just searched my heart, like why are these so wrapped in Catholicism? And because they're physical objects, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, there are, you know, devotions and whatnot. Um, So what makes them different? And and as I followed one, it led me to want to discover the other. Kind of like when you learn that a saint, like, let's say, St. Gonzaga was, you know, one of the—his mentor was St. Robert Bellarmine, or St. Robert Bellarmine had, you know, a friendship with Charles Borromeo. You know, whenever you find one, it tends to lead you to find another, and of course— um the efficacy of these sacramentals it's just fascinating like you said at the very beginning of the conversation it's one it's a it's a topic that i can never really exhaust within my heart because the more i learn about them the more i want them around my home the more i want my kids to understand them the more i want to use them in order to you know fill my life with piety of course to convert constantly and grow in holiness and then to you know, what they all lead to is a, a, a more thorough and repetitious reception of the sacraments.
2: We're talking with Sean McAfee. Uh, he is the founder and editor of com, which I'm sure many of you familiar, are familiar with. He's also an author of many books, and we're talking about the Compendium of Sacramentals. Uh, it's set to be released here, I think, in about a week. I think I saw November 14th, I think, is the uh, the release date on that. But as you were doing your work, uh, what what are some things that really stood out to you or, or surprised you in in your research?
0: you know I didn't really realize that a lot of the sacramentals that you and I recognize are are so incredibly old of course of course we date the Rosary back to the days of Saint Dominic the early days of the Um, the early days of the Dominican order, but physical sacramentals go way way before this. For example, holy medallions. Like, you might think that one of the oldest holy medallions is the the Medal of St. Benedict, but actually, early Christians, as early as the 3rd or 4th century, um, were consecrating and using their what, what were like pagan amulets, you know, we can baptize just about anything. Um, well, we can, Well, they were using their pagan amulets with images of, like, Caesar or their gods. Well, they would put the image of their new god on these little coins, and they would wear them or they would carry them with them. And these were signs of great devotion. And so they've actually found these as early as the 15th century. They found these um, in the catacombs of, like, Domitilla and other other places around Europe, but especially in Rome, and they've dated these. Uh, and scholars have really debated whether or not they go back this far, but even even the most um, capricious uh, and, um, well, the, the, even the highest doubting, let's say, of these scholars date them at least into the early Middle Ages, but they probably go as far back as you know, the fall of the Roman Empire when you know coins were still so prevalent and people were converting and using these pagan objects to now show their Christian faith. So I would say things like that, um, of course, crosses, Um, you know, crucifixes, the the evolution of these items into, you know, um, depictions of the faith became objects of devotion. And not just, hey, good luck, charms. But hey, there's actually prayers and, and approvals of the church to to go with these um, structured forms that go with these in order to not just allow us to worship God in our you know our own capacity and our private faith and grow in personal sanctification but to grow as a unified church through these devotions. That really fascinated me, and that is prevalent and, and consistent with most, if not all of the sacramentals.
2: you and your wife have six kids, is that right? So- yeah, I
0: yeah. have six kids.
2: Yeah, so, uh, well, I was, I was and, and the reason that I wanted to set that up, uh, because I, I would be interested to know how you've introduced these different sacramentals into your family prayer life. I think that, it, it, you know, right. if you have an insight into that.
0: Well, not just my family prayer life, Deacon, but whenever I taught CCD, um, years ago, you know, they were like, well, you can teach on what you want to teach. And I think I was, I think I was teaching second graders, I believe. And, I you know I just I just have this you know I I just have this sense as a father and as you know a let's say a fatherly catechist you know wanting to raise young budding theologians that they of course you know when let's just compare it to any one of their toys whether it's i don't know Paw Patrol or Transformers or whatever it is they they want that physical object in order to kind of emulate what they see and, and have fun with. And I don't find any difference between that and their love for the Christian faith. So in my CCD class, um, and it extends into the home, of course, we're just giving you an example, we learned over the course of that entire semester or semester or two, um, all of the sacramentals. So we would make, you know, we would bring in holy water, have the priests come in and show them how it's made, um, or how it's blessed rather. And then we would make little fonts or we would make our own rosaries and um so on. So I mean, we, we do the same thing at home. Every every Sunday, you know, my kids, we, we actually light incense in the house. Hope they don't burn the house down one day. Um, but we light incense so they can, you know, get that at the end of, you know, the, the uh, night prayers like comp line. I will sprinkle them with, with holy water. Um, of course, they pray the rosary. Um, we, we try not to be, I guess, overly like, hey, you know, uh, um, you, you have to do it this way. But I try to introduce that love for the faith through their reception of, you know, their visible and physical touch with these items that represent higher truths. And I think, you know, even in the mind of a a five-year-old or maybe even a three-year-old, they see it, and they see a sacred object, they see how we treat it, they see what we use it for, and it starts to make sense to them, and it grows in maturity as, as, as they grow in maturity over
2: Oh, beautiful! I'm mean, going to get one last question, if if you don't mind. You're a lay Dominican, and one of the sacramentals that um, I, I think creates some confusion or maybe misunderstanding, but uh, a scapular, uh, and, and, there's oh, different, yeah. and there's different scapulars. And, and do you have to, uh, you know, be uh, vowed or connected to a particular religious order to to wear a scapular, or somebody who wears a scapular? What what should they be doing as opposed to just wearing it as uh, um, it, it kind of a, a Catholic, uh, I don't know, idea yeah.
0: card. <laughs> right, right. Even like the brown scapular yeah. for the Carmelites, you know, people don't realize that a lot of even well-intentioned Catholics don't realize that there's a special... Um, a special blessing and a special, forgetting the word, but there's a special process of initiation Mm -hmm. for them to not just wear that, but to to really gain all of the graces that are possible to be received through that, you know, through daily devotion, through acceptance of a a certain life of piety. Um, And it's the same way with the white scapular of the Dominicans is, I'm going to put this word on there, should not. And I don't know, I haven't read that it's under pain of sin, but people should remember that, uh, that all sacramentals are approved and authorized by the Church. So there are some, let's say, guidance, if not regulation, mm-hmm. that comes with them, and particularly with the white scapular, even with our own. We do not let novices or, or anybody who hasn't at least made temporary professions wear it. So yes, I would say even even with the most common sacramentals, especially scapulars, because they represent a specific order, and they're usually approved by the Church for that order, people should be very aware or do their research to be sure that they're, you know, compliant with mm-hmm. that. It's, again, I don't, I'm not sure that it's under pain of sin, but I would say out of respect for the dignity of what this is, mm-hmm. or at least for where it comes from and where the Church intends it to be used, that people should be aware of that.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, fascinating. My questions were all over the place because I had a list, but as you would speak, you know, new thought came to mind, and I, I, that's t- usually the way I tend to run is uh, with those little inspirations. But thank you so much for your insight. We'll look forward to the book. Uh, best way to follow you in, in in what you're doing? What how how can our listeners find you and find the book?
0: You can find me by my name on just about every social media platform, Sean McAfee. I'm on Instagram. I rarely use Twitter, thank God. <laughs> and I'm um, heavy on Facebook. Well,
2: I was going to say, show, it shows how dated you are. It's X now. It's it's not Twitter. It's X. So that's I know, exactly.
0: Yeah, you're so right.
2: The Compendium of Sacramentals is the book, folks. I strongly suggest that you look at this for an upcoming Christmas gift or maybe even a way to... Uh, enhance your advent in your preparation for the season of Christmas. Uh, Sean, thank you so much. We'll look forward to a future conversation.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Deacon.
5: Let's go now to our gospel reflection of the day. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. One of those at table with Jesus said to him, blessed is the one who will dine in the kingdom of God. He replied to him, a man give a great dinner to which he invited many. When the time for the dinner came, he dispatched his servant to say to those invited, Come, everything is now ready. But one by one they all began to excuse themselves. The first said to him, I have purchased a field and must go to examine it. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have purchased five yoke of oxen and am on my way to evaluate them. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have just married a woman and therefore I cannot come. The servant went and reported this to his master. Then the master of the house, in a rage, commanded his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, and bring in here the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. The servant reported, Sir, your orders have been carried out, and still there is room. The master then ordered the servant, Go out to the highways and hedgerows, and make people come in, that my home may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited will taste my dinner." The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. Jesus died for every human person who has ever lived, who is living now, and whoever will live. At the same time, we realize our need to actually accept this salvation, to receive that gift, to approach him. The graces of Christ's redemption need to be applied to us. They do not just kind of apply in the vague or in the abstract, but we need to approach. And so let us accept that invitation daily to approach the Lord, knowing that when we do approach him, he lavishly pours out his gifts upon us, his graces upon us to strengthen us in our journey towards heaven. May God bless you and let us continue praying for each other.
0: Support for programming is provided by Gregory Waddle from Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors. Is your financial portfolio pro-life? Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors offers investment products designed for faith-based investors. Seek to align your faith and your finances with a portfolio that does not benefit from abortion, contraception, human cloning, or embryonic stem cell research. You can reach an advisor at 844-493-4010 or visit kfcassetadvisors.org. Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment products are not guaranteed and may lose value. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio funded by Loras College, a nationally ranked Catholic college located in Dubuque on the bluffs of the Mississippi River. Loras College is an innovator
5: and leader in liberal arts education, challenging students to work towards building a more just and ethical world by respecting the human dignity of all. Catholic identity is integrated
0: throughout our curriculum and experiences. Loras College invests in graduate and undergraduate students to light the path toward a better future. Learn more at loris.edu.
2: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Deacon Mark Campbell sitting in the host chair for John Leonetti this morning. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and allowing us to be a part of your day. Um, We are going to be having a conversation here very soon with Mary Beth Bracey. She is a consecrated virgin in the Diocese of Ogdensburg, New York. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit about that as well as she's the spokesperson for uh, I Believe in Love, a classic book about St. Therese of Lisieux that is written in a uh, retreat-type format. And we'll look forward to that conversation. She's written some other books as well. We will have a Saint of the Day. We'll have Mark Amadeo's Scoreboard Update as well as a good news story and our weather. Throughout this month, folks, we want to help you remember those who have died. Uh, those that uh, are, are most important to you. And so you're invited to continue sending us the names of your deceased loved ones. And we'll remember them during a special time of prayer. You can email me Deacon Mark at Iowa Catholic com, or call us here at the station five one five two two three eleven fifty with those names. Now we have received over a hundred names already. And so we, uh, my promise is that we will we'll do our best to get uh, every name read at some point during the month of November during this time of prayer. So uh, again, keep, keep sending those in. We'll go to Deacon and Tony right now uh, for that prayer. Today, we pray for the
3: following individuals. Sergey Neubauer, Larry Lopez, Matt Carlson, and Gus Koch. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we humbly entrust our brothers and sisters. In this life, you embrace them with your tender love. Deliver them now from every evil and bid them eternal rest. The old order has passed away. Welcome them into paradise where there will be no sorrow, no weeping or pain, but fullness of peace and joy with your Son and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. And for those who mourn, may the love of God and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ bless and console us and gently wipe away every tear from our eyes.
2: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Deacon. Let's go now to uh, what we missed in the first half hour, but our, our good news story of the day. Yes, folks, I uh, normally we're going to try to have this segment during that first half hour, but uh, I didn't have it printed off in front of me when we opened the show, so I had to, had to pivot. So thanks for hanging with me on, uh, on this Uh, day. But the National Cancer Institute reports that skin cancer cases have increased in the U.S. over the past few decades, with the rate of new cases rising to 24.1 per 100,000 people, compared to 14.6 in 1992. The National Institute of Health reports that skin skin cancer, one of the most commonly diagnosed groups of cancers worldwide, with 1.5 million new cases estimated in 2020. But here's the good news. 14-year-old Heman Bacali, a ninth grader from Annandale, Virginia, was named America's top young scientist after he invented a bar of soap to treat skin cancer. He won the prestigious award from 3M in Discovery Education, considering, considered one of the country's top middle school science competitions. He said, I believe that young minds can make a positive impact on the world, and I've always been interested in biology and technology, and this challenge gave me the perfect platform to showcase my ideas. Heman spent the past four months competing against nine other final finalists to be named America's top young scientists. The competition was created to help students between fifth and eighth grades to create an innovative idea that would change their world. In addition, in addition to the pre- prestigious title, young scientists uh, who won, who win the award get a $25,000 cash prize. Heman was presented with this year's grand prize at 3M's headquarters in St. Paul, Minnesota back in October. Uh, in, let's see here. He developed a compound based uh, bar of soap designed to treat melanoma And the bar of soap costs about 50 cents to make. He hopes to refine his innovation and create a nonprofit organization to distribute the soap to communities in need over the next five years. According to three M and discovery, I think this is news that we can all feel good about. So the next time you, uh, you know, using a bar of soap or maybe you use a, a, a liquid body wash, uh, think about the components that might be in that. And and I'm I'm hoping that this, uh, it'll be interesting to learn, see how this story goes. If there's, um, you know, if if it is not, if it's helpful, not only in treating, but maybe preventative, because I know there are some soaps that uh, maybe have some uh, ingredients that are, well, might not necessarily be um, cancer causing, but might uh, trigger some things within the body that, that might not be healthy for us. So it's always good to kind of just, Take a double check of some of those uh, ingredients in your soap. And once this becomes available on the market, eh, maybe incorporate it into uh, into your personal hygiene routine. But uh, very inspirational that a 14 year old would uh, not only seek something out like this, but uh, achieve it and be recognized for it. Let's go down to Mark Amadeo with our scoreboard update.
4: In sports on your Tuesday morning, last night, NFL Monday Night Football, the end of week number nine in the NFL, had the Los Angeles Chargers defeating the New York Jets by the score of 27-6 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Both teams now with records of 4-4. Four and four. And last night, men's college basketball was the season opener for the Iowa State men as they defeated Green Bay Phoenix by the score of 85-44 at Hilton Coliseum in a Big 12 non-conference game. Tonight, in men's basketball, the season opener for Iowa and Northern Iowa men. In Big 10 non-conference play tonight, North Dakota Fighting Hawks take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. They'll tip off at 7 o'clock at Carver Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City. That game will be televised on Big Ten Plus. And in Missouri Valley Conference, non-conference play tonight, Northern Iowa Panthers will be at the North Texas Mean Green. They'll tip off at 7 o'clock in Denton, Texas. The Drake men open up their season on Wednesday night as they will be at home against Liscomb with tip-off at 7 o'clock at the Knapp Center in Des Moines. And with your Tuesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadale.
2: Thank you, Mark. Now for a look at uh, your weather forecast. Today will be uh, partly sunny, breezy with a high near 60. Overnight, remaining breezy and mostly cloudy with a low around 48. And tomorrow, Wednesday, partly sunny with a high near 60. Currently around the Iowa Catholic Radio listening area, we've got Ames at uh, looks like cloudy and 39 degrees. Uh, Oscaloosa mostly cloudy in 41. Osceola is also at partly cloudy in 42 degrees. Audubon, our Iowa Catholic Radio Network community of the day, is mostly cloudy in 41. Weather today is brought to you by Laser Home Services, Catholic-owned and operated, offering electrical, plumbing, heating, and cooling services in central Iowa since 2001. Learn more at laserhomeservices.com. Let's go now to our saint of the day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, St. Didicus is living proof that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. As a young man in Spain, Didicus joined the secular Franciscan order and lived for some time as a hermit. After Didicus became a Franciscan brother, he developed a reputation for great insight into God's ways. His penances were heroic. He was so generous with the poor that the friars sometimes grew uneasy about his charity. Didicus volunteered for the missions in the Canary Islands and labored there energetically and profitably. He was also the superior of a friary there. In 1450, he was sent to Rome to attend the canonization of St. Bernardine of Siena. When many of the friars gathered for that celebration, uh, many of them fell ill. Didicus stayed in Rome for three months to nurse them. After he returned to Spain, he pursued a life of contemplation full-time. He showed the friars the wisdom of God's ways. As he was dying, Didacus looked at a crucifix and said, O faithful wood, O precious nails, you have borne an exceedingly sweet burden, for you have been judged worthy to bear the Lord and King of heaven. Interestingly enough, the uh, Franciscan is the, the city of San Diego, California, was named after this Franciscan. He was also canonized in 1588. So today we ask St. Didicus to pray for us. Well, coming up, Mary Beth Bracy will be uh, our, our next guest. And before we close out our show today, she's a consecrated virgin in the diocese of Ogdensburg, New York. She's a writer who has written uh, books, uh, including behold, the lamb of behold, the lamb bread of life and the little way of healing love through the passion of Jesus. And we're going to talk with her about uh, her journey a little bit, but also about the book I Believe in Love a classic book about St. Therese of Lisieux. It's 743, Deacon Mark filling in for John Leonetti on the Catholic Morning Show. Don't
6: go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
6: Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines, Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. Happy birthday to Father Tom Thakadipuram. Father Tom is the pastor of St. Mary Parish in Shenandoah and St. Mary Parish in Hamburg, both in the far southwest corner of our diocese. Today, the Young Catholic Network is meeting at the Tea Room on Walnut Street in downtown Des Moines. The evening begins at 6 o'clock with complimentary drinks and appetizers, followed by a presentation by Artis Kelly. She is the Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for the Federal Home Loan Bank of Des Moines. She'll be talking about living our shared faith today and throughout our careers. We have a new tool on our diocesan website to help parishes spread the word about their upcoming events. Go to dmdiocese.org and scroll down to events. Click on the submit your event link and complete the form. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Ann marie Cox.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte. Offering insurance for auto, home, life, business and more. It's your future. Let's protect it. Learn more at cindyschulte.com. Iowa Catholic Radio thanks Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte for her support.
1: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHcare.org. IVHcare.org. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio.
3: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving Central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Westgate Dental, offering cosmetic, family, implant, and general dentistry. Located at 1073rd Street, Suite 1 in West Des Moines, just behind Dowling Catholic High School. Learn more at westgatedentalia.com.
4: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa
2: Catholic Radio. Welcome back to the Catholic Morning Show. Deacon Mark Campbell in the host chair for John Leonetti. I'm grateful that uh, you have been able to join us. We had a great conversation that first half hour with Sean McAfee, uh, EpicPew.com. He's the uh, founder and editor uh, of that website. And there's some great uh, blog writers on that, uh, on that particular website. But uh, look at Sean's, uh, you know, as a convert you know, converts always are able to provide, I think, just a, a very unique perspective. Uh, I think particularly to to me and others who are, uh, were, were baptized as infants into the Catholic faith and uh, maybe even experienced Catholic education um, and, and, have you know, basically been immersed in the faith in, in, in one way or another or through our entire lives and, and things that we take for granted. You know, I remember there was uh, particularly a time in, uh, our, my own faith life when me and my wife, we attended a, uh, a, a, a walk through the mass and father, it was father Michael Amadeo. And this has probably been at this point, you know, a good 15, 18 years ago. And, uh, even though we had both been born and raised Catholic and entered into, uh, married into the Catholic faith, we were able to, um, you know, really have our eyes opened to, to the beauty of the mass, and one of the books that uh, Sean has, uh, has written is, you know, uh, I, I'm going to miss the title because I don't have it right in front of me, but it's uh, now you're, ca- you're you're Catholic now, uh, so now what or something along that line, right? And I think that's uh, I think that's one of the challenges we have in the church. Uh, is there's a lot of people, you know, I'm hearing some great numbers across the uh, Des Moines Metro uh, on parishes and the people who are in their, uh, what was formerly known as RCIA, but known as OCIA now, the Order of Christian Initiation for Adults. And the, um, you know, is, is we, we, we prepare people to enter into the church, and then we don't always do a great job of, of uh, getting them integrated, you know, or the, the mystagogy aspect of, of living out their faith. Uh, so that would be a book that I think would, you know, offer some insight, not only for uh, adult catechists, but those who might be going through the process, uh, you know, and looking ahead to coming into the church at the Easter Vigil. Of course, that's their primary focus, uh, I'm sure, but uh, how they can get involved and in, in really have their faith enhanced that they've been been given. So as we met talked about earlier, there's uh, uh, we're having a little bit of trouble making our phone connection with uh, Mary Beth Bracey. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things that uh, uh, we have coming up here for the, for the radio station. Um, I know there's a a talk coming up here. We we had uh, Dr. John Bishop on uh, last week, and you can go to our podcast page and listen to that. Uh, But he has started a new, uh, it's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit geared towards men and, um, and, and sons, uh, but particularly men helping raise their sons, you know, in our culture, and the group is called Forge, or his, his nonprofit is called Forge, and he will be, John will actually be our speaker at Man Up on Friday at St. Francis of Assisi uh, here in West Des Moines. At noon will be the, the talk, but then uh, next week he will also have, uh, Peter. He's, he's hosting Peter Herbeck, and he will be here um, to talk about, you know, father wounds and how to overcome them, and he's going to share his own personal testimony that night is uh, in conjunction with the Basilica Knights of Columbus uh, Corps Night, and we are uh, going to be looking forward to, to that event. But all of these things you can find that we are uh, helping promote, including the uh, Mary's Helping uh, uh, Mary's Helping Hands Fun Run coming up. Uh, all of that can be found at the iowacatholicradio.com events page. We're going to go now to our next guest, Mary Beth Bracy. Good morning, Mary Beth.
1: Good morning.
2: Well, is this your first time on the on show here? I'm filling in, so I don't have uh, extensive history, but have you been on, on our show here before?
1: Yes, I was on in the spring.
2: Okay, very good. Did, did John, uh, or whoever was hosting that day, I should probably put it that way, really kind of get into your background a little bit on uh, how your journey into being a consecrated virgin for the, for the diocese there?
1: Oh, actually, we didn't talk about that.
2: Do you mind mind sharing a little? Because I think it's very fascinating for, uh, would be very fascinating for our listeners to to hear a little bit of that journey into, uh, you know, making that declaration and then what that formally looks like.
1: So um, I first felt attracted to the consecrated life after I attended a World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the Holy Eucharist because I really encountered Jesus in adoration for the first time. And after that, at first I looked into the religious life, and I thought it was beautiful, and there are so many amazing communities. Mm-hmm. But one of my friends who was in the seminary sent me a book by Father Thomas Dubay on consecrated virginity and the celibate life. So I saw that there were other types of consecrated life in the Church as well. And over the years, through discernment, through the help of a spiritual director, and a lot of prayer and exploration, I really kept coming back to the idea of consecrated virginity I was really drawn to the idea of spousal union with Christ. And as the church says in the liturgy for consecrated virgins, to pray without ceasing for the salvation of the world. So I was also really attracted by saints who are consecrated virgins. For instance, St. Kateri Takawitha lived a very similar lifestyle. And also in the, in the canon of the Mass, we hear about like Agnes and Agatha and Cecilia and Lucy. So all of those different things attracted me, too.
2: Beautiful. And I, and I, I know that was a, kind of a loaded question because it's uh, the story is much more broad than that. But thanks for that that picture. And how long ago was that, uh, that, that you were consecrated?
1: Actually, just this year on Divine Mercy Sunday.
2: Oh, praise God. Uh, that's beautiful. So it's uh, so you've written you know a couple of books and you're featured in, in other places, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the book. I believe in love. Uh, the um, what? What was your you know first introduction into that particular book, and and how did it impact you?
1: So several years ago, because I am kind of a, a Saint Therese addict, I came across this book and I read it, and it's honestly one of the most beautiful books I've read about her. It's a modern day classic. And it it just really exudes God's mercy and love, and it's very relational. Sometimes I think we pick up books on the saints and we think, oh, I can never attain, you know, holiness because they're so high above me. And, of course, we have so much to learn from the saints, but at the same time this gives us really beautiful, practical ways that we can apply in everyday life, whether we're going through periods of suffering or we're going through periods of questioning. It's really approachable.
2: And what were some of the things that, um, you know, drew you into, uh, you know, kind of following her life a little bit, uh, insights into the life and spirituality of of St. Therese?
1: So I think what really appeals to me about St. Therese is she has this joyful confidence and total abandonment to God. Um, which I think is something that most of us probably struggle with. I think trust is one of the most difficult things in the spiritual life, but it's also one of the most important and crucial things. And she's also very encouraging. So even if we're going through times when we failed or if we're going through times, again, of, of suffering, then she really shows us how we can relate to God and trust in Him and grow from those experiences.
2: And what insight does St. Therese give to us on, on why God allows us to face some of those trials and, and, and experience failure?
1: So she really talks at length, and the author of this book, um, Jean D.L.B., really highlights how ultimately everything that God allows us to experience, all the hardships, are for our, our, our union with Him. So it's always a loving call from God and an invitation to rely on Him more deeply It also helps us grow in empathy for others because when we're going through difficult times and then when we see others experiencing something similar, we have a lot more compassion for them. In addition, it helps us to make reparation for our own sins and also to atone for the sins of others. So we're really taking part by God's grace in helping for the salvation of the world. And then ultimately, again, everything kind of goes back to our everlasting glory. So our union with Him in heaven.
2: And then you mentioned the uh, the author of the book, and uh, what was his connection to St. Therese?
1: So, Père L. B. was a French priest who lived from 1892 to 1982, and he was the Superior General of the Congregation of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus, Mary, and of Adoration. And he actually wrote these initially to be a series of retreat conferences. So he has a great love of St. Therese, as you'll see throughout the book, and he draws from her autobiography and from her letters to others and just his own personal reflections. And it really makes it very intimate, whether it's learning how to receive Holy Communion more fruitfully or spending time with our Eucharistic Lord or a variety of other themes. You can really see how his spirituality and his devotion to St. Therese shines through everything.
2: Mary Beth, I wish we had more time, but uh, how can our listeners learn more about you and, and uh, see, find more of your work?
1: Oh, so they can go onto my blog, which is The Little Way. So if they type in my name, Mary Beth Bracey, and The Little Way, they can find out more.
2: Very good. Well, thank you so much for your beautiful witness uh, and for this uh, for, for sharing a, a little insight into this great book that I know some of our, our listeners, uh, I know some of them are familiar with. I know it's a book that's on my bookshelf, uh, and I should uh, I, I should it sounds like I should avail myself of it sooner rather than later. Definitely,
1: it's a great blessing.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. God bless you and your in your upcoming endeavors. We'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Well, that puts a wrap on today's show. I'll be back in tomorrow filling in for John Leonetti. Uh, We'll have, I know, John Gaffney uh, on as well as Emily Jaminette. So we hope you'll join us in the morning. Let's go now to Deacon Tony to close our show with prayer.
3: God, our Father, yours is the beauty of creation and the good things you have given us. Help us to begin this day joyfully in your name and to spend it in loving service of you and our fellow men. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us, protect us all from evil, and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen.
2: Amen. For Brady Graham, our producer, Deacon Tony Valdez, I'm Deacon Mark Campbell. Uh, May your day be blessed and be confident in Christ's mercy and his love.
4: The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died.